When Adam Barkley sat on a car key, it went straight up his jacksy. He cried and departed outside where he farted and accidentally unlocked a taxi. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. Welcome to Foul Papers. <laughs> I've had a really relaxing summer. I've basically been sitting on oh, my... Oh, did you know? Yeah, I've been, yeah, just basically been focused on trying to get as fat as possible, <laughs> putting on some summer weight. Nice. Um, you were working hard at the book festival. I saw you. Was that good? Just one word? Uh, experience. Experience. I went to see Melvin Bragg. I know. That's the only person I saw. But um, I wanted to say thank you as well for sorting out those tickets right at the front, just on that beanbag. <laughs> that was really nice. Yeah. We um had we laid out one of those um baby changing mats for you so you can just sort of writhe in the yeah. front row. Yeah. This is the sort of treatment you get when you do a podcast with um <laughs> with someone in the know. And um on a serious note, he was incredible. Was he? Did you ask him a question? I did. What did I you did. ask him? Uh well he was doing a talk on the uh, novel he's written <clears throat> about um Abelard and Eloise. Okay. The um the great love story of the French Middle Ages. Sure. And I asked him because they. Why does your book sound so boring, Melvin? <laughs> um, what's the funniest bit? Um, yeah, I asked him where he got his ideas from. <laughs> um, got any tips for aspiring writers, Melvin? Yeah. Because they were both persecuted and punished um, for various reasons. What's so your favourite French Middle Age torture device? Kinky torture. Uh, I asked him wh- how their love letters had survived. Okay. Um, and he pretty much, actually, he got into a bit of a fight with, um, well, he didn't get into a fight. He got very ruffled by someone who had critiqued his critique of the Catholic Church. Oh. Someone put their hand up and said... As a Catholic. Um, the usual thing. Yeah. Like, um, loads of great things, architecture, and you just saw his face drop, and that, he, that he'd had such a good show. This is the thing, like, he skipped out of the, uh, from behind the curtain, like... Fucking George Clooney or something. It wasn't a white suit, but it was a, a very much a summer suit. So you think that okay? So but some, he some... was sexy, like like okay. tanned, svelte, <laughs> so mobile. Someone, so someone ruffled him, and yeah. then you asked your question. I asked my question, and he went, um, "Oh, well, just because they're good letters." Anyway, back to you, you bastard. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. he, so he, he, uh, he basically dodged your question to continue laying into. Pretty much, yeah. Nice, yeah. And then I was, I was put to shame by some. Um, academic who knew exactly what she was talking about and asked a really good question. I was like, "You bitch!" Fucking expert. Yeah, which it, it made it all the more embarrassing because I'd I'd booked that beanbag right at his feet and I was sitting there with my legs open. By the way, thank you for bringing that ice cream in when I just when I wanted. <laughs> that, that was my job. Yeah, that big big box of Smarties. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad. Gave me over that box of Maltesers he could pop, he could just throw into your mouth from the stage. I think it's fair to say, I'm sure you won't, you won't um, ask me to cut this out. If, if you do happen to work at the Book Festival again, I think I would extend the invitation to anyone wanting to visit the Book Festival. If you want Adam to come in and give you snacks, foot rubs, etc. during a show, or throw a beanbag right in front of the um, plebs, I'm sure that would be fine, right? Oh, completely fine. Um, I got a bit sleepy halfway through when he was fighting with that Catholic guy and I just raised up my hands. Adam came in, lifted up my beanbag and just rocked me to sleep gently in the corner. And then yeah. I said, wake me up when he asks for questions because I've got a really good one. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we did all this at normal conversation volume during the event. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want a quiz? Oh, always. So earlier we were, um, earlier we were talking about 
um, Picturesque Notes yep. by Robert Louis Stevenson. I have three, and he, we, we discussed his cutting, rather um, biting remarks about yeah. various areas in Edinburgh. I have three quotes about Edinburgh here, and I want you to see if you can match um, the quote to the speaker. Is one of them Ian Rankin? No. Oh, God, he's discovered some new Edinburgh authors. So your three, um, your three speakers are Oscar Wilde. Interesting. Dr. Johnson. Yep. And Joseph Goebbels. I didn't know Goebbels had many opinions about Edinburgh. Well, he did. Okay, and these are your quotes. See if you can match all of them. Is the, is the trick that all three of them are Goebbels? <laughs> uh, no, that's not the trick. <laughs> Quote number one. It is quite lovely. Bits of it. That sounds like Johnson. That sounds like Samuel Johnson. I won't ask you to lock them in just yet, okay. but it's interesting to hear your thoughts as we go. It would make a good prison in England. Okay. Okay. I've, I'm keeping that one close to my chest. You think that I'm trying to bluff you out and make you think that's Goebbels, yes. don't you? <laughs> What's the third one? Enchanting. Just the word enchanting. That's Goebbels. So, first one, Johnson. Yep. Second it one, w- process of elimination must be... Wild. Yep. Third one... Goebbels. Enchanting. Yeah. You're correct. And, I mean, to be fair, maybe I should give you the whole quote, which was, Enchanting. It will make a delightful summer capital when we invade Britain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was Goebbels. But you actually got them the wrong way around for the other two. Really? Wilde said it's quite lovely bits of it, and Dr. Johnson said it would make a good prison in England. Oh. Which is ironic, because that's the only one I thought you'd get, because I, th- I don't know if we mentioned that in our... Johnson and Boswell episode. Oh, we might have done, but John, I don't know. I've I've got the impression that I've come away from my Johnson experience thinking he was probably a bit more cutting than he actually was. New poet laureate. Yes. Huge. Simon Armitage. Thigh-quaking news. Finally. From the poetry world. Finally some news from the poetry world. <laughs> we had we had to go in and check on them for signs of life, but they are still still there, still writing. Well, he knows all about us, of course. Yep. So he sent in a um, sort of, I, I, I want to say, a manifesto. Okay. Or just a welcome message to what, people in the literary world. What form has this manifesto come in? Has it come as a poem? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, it's come in the form of a dodgy impression and monologue. <laughs> <laughs> has it got stage directions for a dodgy impression? Uh, no. <laughs> No, you, you, if you want to describe the stage directions um, as they happen, go for it. Okay. So I'll just play it now, shall I? Hello, I'm Simon Armitage, the new boss of poetry. Now, a change in management is enough to ruffle anyone to chuff, so I thought I'd reassure you that I'm just a nice, soft-faced northerner and not to be afraid of unless you cross me. So let me paint a picture of me background. I'll warn you now, I'm going to need a lot of grey. My upbringing was northern, wind-blown and tin-based. <laughs> Growing up, my dad used to take us kids tin-truffling up and down Malham Cove. <laughs> what a sight we were to behold, all of us. The whole Armitage clan up on all fours, rumps in air, scampering up and down the fells to see, <laughs> to see who could sniff out the most tin before tea time. We've managed to make the podcast even more niche than normal <laughs> by describing bits of where Ash is from. <laughs> Where's that moment from, please? Can I press play again? My spirit animal is a grouting trowel. 
I know how to dry stone wall. More importantly, I know when. The only films I have and will ever watch are Kez, Brastoff, and Kez 2, Blowback. <laughs> if your mother went to Huddersfield Polytechnic between the years of 1980 and 1985, check a knicker drawer for some of my poems. I found inspiration everywhere in them days, so even if she's a right munter, it's well worth a rummage. Like many poets, I am drawn to ruins. Could be she's hoarding a couple of me vintage rhymes, and they'll be worth a few bob now, I reckon. <laughs> I've got a stuffed ferret called Harriet, but that is my only surrender to whimsy. I'm a serious man, apart from Harriet and the outfits I make her put on. Apart from that... <laughs> Apart from that, I'm a hard man, and I write the kind of poetry you'll break a fucking tooth on. Welcome to a new dawn, the age of Simon, or rather, the age of Armitage. Wow. I think he means business. I think he does. Yeah. He is the he is the um, poet laureate we need for the Brexit years. Definitely. Someone who's hard-hitting, uncompromising, Relevant. hard man with a soft face. I have no opinions on Simon Armitage. Okay. <laughs> is that Let cutting? Let it be known. Is that cutting or just? I if I've ever read anything by him, I can't remember it. Oh, okay, so no. <laughs> it's, I still that could be cutting. Yeah. <laughs> so you lost last year's um, good years. I did. Good read. I did. League. I did. How are you feeling about that? Uh, it's the greatest upset of my professional life thus yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah, I lost the whole house on a, on a bet. Oh, really? Yeah. You mean the nest? The nest. The trap. <laughs> so we decided that as your punishment, uh, you were going to try this Choose Your Own Adventure novel. Yes, a kind of... Um... So we have chosen a real uh, Choose Your Own Adventure novel called Island of the Lizard King. By Ian Livingston, the, God, Ian the grandfather Livingston. of... Choose your own adventure stories. I've never heard of um, this guy before. So we're going to release this as a whole new episode because your, your torture is, is going to take a long time, Adam. It's going to be grueling. Um, and, you know, you need time to train, to be honest, because yeah. you're going to have to approach this like an athlete. But I thought maybe just we'd promote it. Did you just today. do a sleight of hand magic trick with another book under the table there? <laughs> yeah, just slip out a totally <laughs> different one. No, this is Proust. <laughs> Proust's Choose Your Own Adventure novel. Your memories come flitting back to you after a biscuit. <laughs> Do you, A, <laughs> go on about it for four books? <laughs> or go, hmm, weird dream. Um, okay, so uh, this is just the um, blurb. The, the, the preamble. Yeah. Island of the Lizard King. Kidnapped by a vicious race of lizard men from Fire Island. The young men of Oyster Bay face a grim future of slavery, starvation, and lingering death. I think you're one of them. Also, isn't Fire Island the gay island? Fire gay Island? Resort? I thought Fire Island was... No, that was Fire Festival. No, 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 no. Fire Island. Yeah, I don't know what Fire Island is. Frank O'Hara, the gay beat poet, died uh -huh. on Fire Island. Okay. Got hit by a jeep. That's interesting. Do you think that was a... Do you think Ian Livingston has made a conscious decision by naming this place Fire Island? I don't know, but all I'm, I don't want to give you any hints, but um, if you see a jeep coming... <laughs> <laughs> Am I playing as Frank O'Hara in this Choose Your Own Adventure? Well, let's hope not. Auden went as well. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> get hit by a jeep. Their new master is the mad and dangerous Lizard King, who holds sway over his land of mutants by the eerie powers of black magic and, black magic and voodoo. Black magic and voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> 
You are the only one who can hope to rescue the suffering prisoners. Me. But do you have the courage, Adam, to risk this dangerous oh, mission? Oh, God, I hope so. Do you have the courage to risk this dangerous mission? I don't think I've got a choice. I don't think you have the I feel, I feel, I feel sentence like, structure. To I feel like when it says, uh, choose your own adventure, I don't think having the adventure is actually a choice. you kind of got to have it. No, no. Not when I'm insisting you do That's the one choice I don't have. Yeah. Um, okay, so you have to do all kinds of rules to mm-hmm. get through this. Um, before embarking on your adventure, you must first determine your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, so do you want to do a few press-ups? And I've got a, a series of allergens here that I'm going to test on your skin. Um, can we uh, see how you fare about fare against a variety of wild beasts? Sure. Um, are you going to be using ranged weapons, or more, are you more of a melee? Are, are these actual I'm choices? I'm going I'm to have to make. Adam because I'm trying to find the online dice. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but professionalism and setup. Yeah. Okay, because I think that the rules in this in these stories are wildly arcane yeah they are mad in terms of the dice rolling you have to do so we may we may we may cut out the the extended periods of dice rolling and skip straight to the meat of the action yes but we are going to determine your um vital figures excellent uh before embarking on your adventure, you must first determine your own strengths and weaknesses. You have in your possession a sword and a backpack containing provisions. You're reading, you're reading this like you're reading the instructions on how to build an Ikea sofa. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just the way it's written. Um, oh, f- fuckload of good that'll do you anyway. Um, you have been preparing for your quest by training yourself in sword play and exercising vigorously to build up your stamina. <laughs> okay, so um, do you want to know? I- I'm not going to read the rest. Do you want to know how much your skill is going to be? Just gen- general, all-encompassing Just all skill. skill. Yeah. Sure. What's my skill? Your skill is eight out of. Um, well, out of a dice roll plus six, so not great. Okay. So my I'm not not particularly skilled. <laughs> no. So your stamina is two dice plus twelve. Okay. So um, and the result of that is five. So that's good. Plus four. Plus 12, so... Um, 9 plus 12, 21. 21. Oh, good. I'm glad you're here. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing the rolling as well. Uh, and then your luck is uh, 5 plus 6. 11. That's pretty good as well. Okay. So it's looking... Strong strong and lucky, but not terribly skilled. Not very skilled at all. Um, okay, so I, I can't wait to see um, how your skills will get. Apparently you get potions and stuff, so you can kind of top up your okay. skills. Do you want to hear a little bit more background? Oh, I'd love to. I want to know about what's happening on Fire Island. I want to know how you're going to... Be, after this, I want to know how you're going to be preparing for next week when you undergo the, okay. the first chapter of your grueling task. Oyster Bay is a quiet... Also, isn't Oyster Bay that wine? Did we talk about this? We did talk time? about this. I think yeah. Oyster Bay is a brand of wine. I think maybe when we do it, then we should have a bottle of that. It's Okay. Is, is, is this where they make the wine? Yeah. Okay. That's the... Re- mm. Well, it's a fishing village, you would think. Yeah. That's a vineyard. Um, Oyster Bay is... Maybe it's a front. (laughs) Oyster Bay is a quiet fishing village some 60 miles down the coast from the notorious Port Blacksand. Another weird undertone. Because it is at the end of a long peninsula reached only by a steep and winding path, the fishermen and their wives are left to lead a simple but content life away from the monsters and sorcery of the hinterland. Journeying south from Fang... So basically we're going to... This wonderful magical fantasy land. Mm. We're going to what is, by definition, the least interesting part. Yes. Excellent. Yes. 
You decide that you could do with a few days rest, and knowing of no more peaceful place than Oyster Bay, because they're all pissed, uh, you urge your horse towards the coast. <laughs> That's odd. Uh, besides, an old adventuring friend of yours, an old adventuring friend of yours called Mungo, lives there now, and it has been years since last you saw him. Oh, I've not seen Mungo in ages. Do you write? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Is this the same Mungo from Blazing Saddles? I hope so. <laughs> Um, two days later you arrive at the edge of the cliffs overlooking Oyster Bay it is a beautiful sunny morning and everything looks tranquil below nothing seems to have changed well that's classic Oyster Bay classic Oyster Bay the cluster of stone cottages nestles between the foot of the cliffs and the jetty where a dozen fishing boats lie at anchor you jump off your horse and walk down it to the winding winding um, path to the village can I use my skills to do a backflip off the horse instead of just jumping off it okay but that's like two skill points okay I won't then I'll just get off the horse it would have been cool The first people you see are a group of crying women. As you approach them, several men step out of a cottage and run towards you. One of the don't talk to the crying women. One of the four is your old friend Mungo. Mungo, thank God. God, I've not seen you in years. And he didn't write back to the last message. I'm sending him postcards. You confided so much to him. (laughs) He's done that thing where he like he like comes out of the cottage and goes, "Hey, who's oh fuck fuck him? He's actually such all those times I said, "Oh, come stay with me in Oyster Bay." I didn't think he'd actually turn up. His weather-beaten face is full of anger. Jesus. You know why. He looks surprised to see you, yep, oh, but shit. wastes no, no, no time with words of welcome. He recounts the sad events that have befallen the village. So I've gotten off my horse. I've seen some crying women. Yeah. You my, chose not to do a backflip. I chose not to do a backflip. There my may old, be repercussions for that later on. My old friend Mungo's turned up. Yeah. Not expecting me to have turned up. Doesn't even say hello. <laughs> he just immediately launches into an explanation of what's going on. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I know what's going to happen now. Am I about to receive a quest? He charges out, looking angry. He wastes no time with work. Welcome! Ah, it's been fucking awful. (laughs) Having no gold or material wealth, the people of Oyster Bay thought themselves safe from raiders attacking their village. But several weeks ago, while most of the men were out at sea, the lizard men of Fire Island landed their boats in Oyster Bay and kidnapped several young men. Fuck. Well, this sounds kinky. They've taken all the men. Yeah, well, Fire Island, mate. Mungo believes that they are now enslaved on Fire Island and working in chain guns down the coal mines. Okay. Uh, gold mines, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it says in oh, the gold I, I was about to say, I, so just, fi- I chose to say down So Fire Island mines. is made of coal. That would make a lot of sense. No, gold. Okay. It's made of gold. Okay. Yeah, it, make, it makes much more sense if it was coal. Since the kidnapping, two men were left to guard the village while the rest went out to fish. Despite this, the lizard men attacked again this very morning, overpowering the guards and taking away more young men. Mm. But they've not taken... Oh, only, only the young men. They've left Mungo. Yeah, and the women. Interesting. Yeah, I think the, fire, the two Fire Islands are coming a little bit... <laughs> what are you trying to tell us, Ian? Uh, Mungo tells you that he's about to set sail for Fire Island alone, because that's what he's into, because the other fishermen are too scared to set foot on the island. Okay. He stares at you in silence until you smile and say <laughs> that you will aid him on his quest. He slaps you on the back and shakes your hand in gratitude. Um... For the moment, the poor fishing folk forget their grief and crowd around you, eager to thank you. Mungo then, Mungo then invites you to dine with him and rest a while, as the voyage to Fire Island will take several hours. But I'm assuming that this is a kind of... This is, this is social formality. He really doesn't want to be housing me and feeding me. He might be wanting to be doing something else with you. He's really keen on getting to Fire Island. Is, is he upset he's not been kidnapped and taken yeah, to Fire Island? Yeah, you and me, Adam, we need to go to Fire Island now. <laughs> uh, over a delicious feast of boiled lobster and salad, you discuss your plans. Mungo tells you that he does not think that humans live on Fire Island anymore, but his knowledge is fairly limited. Okay. There are just rumours that pass between fishermen from other coastal villages. However, it is known that Fire Island used to be a prison colony 
guarded by a tribe of paid lizard men. Paid lizard men. Paid, yeah. What do you pay a lizard man in? Uh, Low jumps by the zone. <laughs> this was um, this was a rather futile attempt by Prince Olaf to rid his land of de- undesirable characters. Who the hell is Prince Olaf? Yeah, the good prince. He doesn't sound very. You good. know, he sounds like a complete bastard. Sounds like quite eugenicsy. The good prince soon learned that uh, it would have been simpler to put his lawful citizens on Fire Island and leave the evildoers on the mainland. There were just too many of them. Yeah, it's all sounding a bit yeah. creepy. Um, he gave up his attempt and abandoned the prison colony. When the lizard men received no pay, they took their vengeance out on the prisoners and the island became a place of terror. So the lizard men are not, they're not native to Fire Island. They've no. been left there. Yeah, they okay. were kind of, yeah, exiled there. Became a place of terror, ruled by a lizard man prison guard who proclaimed himself king. The prisoners were forced to dig mines in the hope of finding gold for the lizard king. They were underfed and ill-treated, and many died. That is presumably why the Lizard King is sending out his men to find new slaves. He's worked them all to death. Presumably. It is known that in order to assert his authority, the Lizard King began practicing voodoo and black magic. Um, you're already a Lizard King. Like, do you really need that? Um, he, al- he also started genetic experiments in an what? attempt to breed an invincible race of lizard men. This is very eugenics-y. This, this fantasy world understands genetics. Yeah. Okay. Most of the experiments went wrong. Uh-oh. Well, most experiments do, to be fair. Why, be too hard on yourself. Wh- why do I have the feeling I'm going to be fighting some failed yeah. genetic experiments? Why do I have the feeling that they just turned all the failures loose? <laughs> <laughs> and positioned them in, in strategic points around the island for me to run into. Oh, yeah, here we go. Grotesque mutants were created, mutants. and some of the harmful potions found their way into the water drains. Oh, oh no. no. Uh, with terrible consequences, the local flora and fauna were affected, with the result of that man-eating plants developed and giant beasts evolved. Oh, for fuck's sake. A few of the prisoners managed to escape the island on I rats. came here for a holiday, Mungo. <laughs> um, and were picked up by fishermen. Uh, but what has happened in the last few years, nobody knows. Fire Island has almost been forgotten until the recent raids. Uh, success in your quest to assassinate the Lizard King. It was very Hearts of Darkness, I'm an assassin. It? And rescue the kidnapped victims is doubtful. Okay, I'm, I'm, comple- I'm going to completely roleplay this as if it was Heart of Darkness. Ready for your cliffhanger? You stand up and walk down to the jetty with Mungo, stepping aboard his small fishing boat. Uh, in the sight of cheering villagers, you untie the boat and push out to sea, wondering if you will ever return. Probably not. No, I think it'll take you a few fucking tries. <laughs> so, um, join us next time when we revisit the Island of the Lizard King. And yeah. I will um, uh, be your, I guess you're like Sharon, <laughs> your narrator. Yep. Your torturer, I suppose. Yep, In a I way, can't, I, maybe I, I am the Lizard King. I, I can't wait to see what, what mutants the Lizard King has in store for me. So, I've got a story for you that I'm very excited to share. Um, um, all is that I discovered. Um, you know how we were doing picturesque notes yep. earlier in the week. Well, I was I was hunting around for other guides to Edinburgh, and I found one in um, the Tourist Information Centre on the Mile, and it's called The Adventures of Haggis McTaurus Board. I, <laughs> I'm not going to ask if this is real or not. I don't want to know. Oh no, it's real. It's real. If this is real. I think it's like a kids' book. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's no author. But, uh, no, just, but nobody wanted their name on it. It just says, made possible by Please Visit Scotland. <laughs> so they funded it, apparently. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit sing-song, and there, there is a sort of refrain that um, you can join in with once you, once you catch on. I'll just give you a look. 
It was festival season in Edinburgh, and in the quiet coach of an agreeable, well-run train sat a very excited haggis. This haggis had been to London. It was a nice enough place, but there wasn't much to do. This haggis had been to Rome, but once you'd done the zoo. This haggis had been to Asia. He shuddered. Never again. This haggis had been to Paris, but that was just more of the Seine. I think this is Visit Scotland, just slagging off the other, other yeah, places, they're, um, making sure they can come to Edinburgh. Really not very impressed with Visit Scotland's slant rooms. No, they're not very good writers, are they? <laughs> At last, a cultural city, he thought, as Edinburgh came into view, where all was art and laughter, not just another queue. I think I know what's going to happen at the end of this book. <laughs> yippee, said Haggis McTorris board. Yippee, yippee. <laughs> he skedaddled through the station, which was modern, clean and impressive. Probably the best in the UK and often voted so. <laughs> you can tell why kids would like it. Oh yeah, they love, um, they love sort of trivia about train stations. <laughs> Slow down there, you wee little prick, said the station guard as Haggis skidded to a stop. He wasn't in trouble, was he? A smile broke across the local train guard's face, quicker than a fat kid travelling through a trampoline. Just wanted to give you a, a flyer, kiddo. A flyer just for you. Here's one for some humorous stand-up comedy. Here's another for some powerful theatre, too. A flyer? Just for him? Could he keep it forever? <laughs> the guard chuckled. Of course you can. The first one's free. Just remember, all we ask at the Edinburgh Festival is that you laugh, cry, applaud and share on social media as and when directed by the talented young English performers. <laughs> yippee, cried Haggis McTorris board. Yippee, yippee. I should give you a sign, actually. You can join in on that if you like. Oh, it I might happen again. I can't wait. <laughs> he bounced up the mile and caught many a smile from the brilliant street performers and sober culture seekers. There was hilarious comedy put on by people of every colour. Brown, black, white, brown. It didn't matter in Edinburgh. It's a bit forced, that, isn't it? Trying to be multicultural. <laughs> he brought some beautiful tat from shops on the side of the roads. How much for this crap? Only loads. <laughs> Here we go. Yippee, said Haggis McTorris board. Yippee, yippee. Oh, was that the queue? That was the queue, okay. yeah. Never mind. <laughs> After paying to see hundreds of teenagers express themselves, Haggis was dwelling on the wisdom they'd said. He stepped onto the useful and dependable tram and headed off to think more in bed. For only £400, he'd booked a saucepan on Airbnb, and as sleepy old Haggis closed the lid on himself, he yawned. Yippee! 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 Oh, what do you think? Well, I, 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 I guess the twist. I guess he was going to be cooked and eaten. Yeah, well, it. It, it doesn't say he was cooked and eaten. He, oh, he might return. Oh, in a, in a future, in, in, in a future <laughs> well, I mean, book, if you I find, find another twist. volume. Yeah, I think his, I think his adventures are quite charming. I think, yeah. That, I do, I do pick up on a few things that I think the tourist board have, have snuck in there. Was was, was that illustrated? Was yeah. there illustrations with that one? Was yeah. it like a sort of big form kids' picture book? Unfortunately, I had to pay more for the illustrations, so I left them behind. So we're going to have to provide our own. Did you did you pirate this book by writing down all the words into your notebook? Yeah, yeah. basically just <laughs> asked if it was a digital copy. Yeah. Went straight on Amazon. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck brick and mortar. Yeah. Shall we um, end with a little books on film segment? We've been 
wanted yeah. to talk about literary adaptations for a while, and I just wanted an excuse to do a, a very particular introduction. Sure, go for it. Welcome to Books on Film. I'm a BBC Four voice, and my guest today is the legendary Scottish filmmaker, Drambogie Bagglepipe Black Pudding Flute, Dingwall Dongwall, Get de Fuck You Wee Timorous Bastard Bog Breath McPorridge Chops. Welcome to the show. That was, that, that was the other joke you've been working on all summer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I had to get the rhythm right. No follow-up to that. No follow-up whatsoever. I'm just going to call you Dram- Dramboogie every, every now and <laughs> Or would you prefer Dramboogie or would you prefer Mr. McPorridge Chops? Uh, if, if you're going to call me Mr. Whatever, you have to do the whole thing again. Okay, fine. Dramboogie, bagglepipe, black pudding flute, ding, wall, dong, wall, get to fuck you, me, timorous bastard, bog breath, McPorridge Chops. <laughs> what I wanted to ask you today <laughs> was... We talked a while ago about the idea of one of us reading a book, one of us watching a film, and then comparing notes. Yes, we did. Making sure that we hadn't done the other. Yeah. Um, you still up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Should we do it? Should we pick a, should we pick, pick a book slash film? I don't mind if it's a film or book you've already read, watched, and I'll go and do the other, so or I've, vice versa. In the last couple of months, I saw the new cut of Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. so that's pretty fresh in my head. And you've never read Heart of Darkness? Oh, well, no, I've read Heart of Darkness. Oh, are we doing... I think we have to choose adaptation one. that I've only ever seen the film of. We're virgins in the other media. So I've never actually read Fight Club. Oh, okay. Neither have I. Okay. Have you seen the film? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, maybe we should have talked about this before. Yeah. Well, we can work uh, now. Well, some other, some other film adaptations then. Um, have you just... read Henry V? No. Because there's a film of that out now with um, Timothy Charlemagne. Really? Yeah. What's it called? Henry V? Um, no, it's called The King, I think. Okay. Completely passed me by. Yeah. Um, with Joel Edgerton. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Um, Playing false stuff. Okay. You just want to talk about Shakespeare some more, you bastard. Well, that one also happens to line up with um, the plays that that are coming up at the moment. But maybe it'd be better if it was a random one. I was just trying to think. We uh, Unfortunately, we've both read the shit out of Raymond Chandler, because that would be quite a good one. We have all those Humphrey Bogarts. Because I haven't, I haven't watched. Have you read... In fact, I haven't read them all. Uh, Dashiell Hammett? Uh, no. You've not, you not read any Dashiell Hammett? I know he's in the same pool. Because I've only ever seen the film of okay. Maltese Falcon. I've never actually read it. Okay, cool. I'll read the Maltese Falcon. You read, you read the Maltese Falcon and I'll re-watch the film. Okay, you tell me what the film's like and I'll tell you what... Done. Yeah, done. Done. So we'll, that's another... Um, Either segment or episode. And once again, we avoid talking about Raymond Chandler, despite <laughs> both of us really wanting Raymond to. Chandler slips through our fingers once again. <laughs> um, cool, well, that sorts that. Thank that you so that. much for joining me. Jamboogie, Bagglepipe, Black Pudding Flute, Dingwall, Dongwall, Get to Fuck You, We Timorous Bastard, Bog Breath, McBarridge Chops. 